Hey guys, welcome to Monday's show. Morning, studio. Morning. Remember last week we had a TikTok of Craig Morgan singing his Starbucks order. Here's a clip. I'd like a venti Americana with extra heavy whipping cream. And baby, could you please, baby, could you please steam it for me? <laughs> also, she has to be like, what's happening here? Uh, so Lunchbox did this. Mm, great. He went out. <laughs> the guy who can't sing. We'll see. You be the judge. <laughs> you went to sing where, Lunchbox? I went to White Castle. All right, here we go. Lunchbox singing his order. All right, welcome to White Castle. Go ahead, your order. Oh, yeah. I need, I need a small shrimp nibbler. Okay. And don't, and don't you, and don't you forget, I need that small, I mean, so small, what's so small? Right. I can't even sing. I can't even beat that. What are you drinking? Uh, uh, you having something to drink today? No drink for me. Just the shrimp nipples and a small fry. <laughs> okay, that's going to be 621, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you made everybody smile in here. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Oh, I don't wow. even know what you ordered. A shrimp nibbler? Yeah, small what shrimp. What is that? I don't know. I just saw it on the menu. I thought it sounded funny to sing. Shrimp nibbler. Okay, so that was it. And a small fry. So how do we like that? It's funny. Okay. He then decided to elevate it, and he went to Starbucks to wrap his order. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, oh, I'm going like this. If you think he can't sing, <laughs> let's see what you think about his rapping. Here you go. Hey, oh, you know me. I want that hot chocolate. Venti. But you can keep the whip for the next broski. Oh my god. This guy's got bars. <laughs> That's what I do. I drop rhymes all oh the time. God. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so you want to keep the whipped cream for the next broski? That's correct. Alright, anything else? That's it. 399 boss. I'm out. <laughs> Are yeah, those your kids crying? Baby yeah, one of my kids. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, there that you go. guy is like, oh my God. He's like, you got bars. <laughs> it's time to open the mailbag, but with new intro music. Here Ooh. we go. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love All it. Right. You like that? Yeah, yes. That's great. The email goes, hey, Bobby Bones. During the pandemic, my husband started playing games on his phone. It's a war-style game. He builds his army, and there's an alliance. Every other Sunday, he plays for an hour. But every other Saturday, there's a 12-hour event. And once a month, there's a state-versus-state event also. Now, I don't mind him playing. I know he needs time to hang out with his friends. And right now, he can do that. But we have three kids, ages five and under. I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I'm with the kids 24-7. I don't mind giving him the hour every other week, and I mostly don't mind the two nights a week. But the 12-hour game, that's an issue. I like to have him pick an hour or two, and those be set times to play and be done after that. I know he needs this time, but I feel like there should be some limits. I've mentioned it before, but it doesn't seem to stick. I'm starting to get frustrated with it and would love some advice on how to handle this moving forward. Thanks. Carrie from St. Augustine, Florida. 12 hours is heavy. That was a very long time. I don't even know how you do anything for 12 hours. Mm -mm. No. Mm -mm. I mean, I lean toward the 12-hour. If you are if you have responsibilities, you can't do anything for 12 hours. That's tough. I think he should be able to play all the other stuff except for the 12-hour event. I'd shut that down right now. That's a long time. I might give him one 12-hour event every three months. 
and decide right now which, what it's going to be. You get one. You got to give me a week notice, but you can do one every three months. That's fair. That's like a business trip. 12 hours. But that is how, so long. How do you enjoy? I don't. I, I play NBA 2K. <laughs> I What's the for, longest? You've I play ever. for an hour and I'm like, I'm tired. Like, I'm done. Sometimes when we get on, we haven't gotten on in a bit, we can play for a couple hours. Sure. And even then, we start to get fatigued. I have a nephew who can play for eight hours <laughs> and just get on and play these war games. He will, when everybody else goes to bed at 10 o'clock, he will stay up and play until sun comes up and then sleep all day and then wake up and start playing again. It's amazing. It's amazing if you like video games, but. Uh, but the 12-hour thing's got to stop. They can't be once a month. I would say once every three months. Give him his time to play games. I don't think there's anything wrong with the one hour and the two hours, as long as he's not missing things. If he starts to miss baseball games, the kids are young, so there's no baseball games. But if he's starting to miss parenting responsibilities, then I think that's a different conversation. But I would say you can give him the 12 hours once every three months. The one and two hour stuff, that's okay, as long as it's sporadic. Eddie, you're a video game player as a yeah. dad, and you have four kids. I have four kids. I'm a gamer, and I have to admit, <laughs> I have to admit, Bones, that they set these games up to be a little addictive. Like these are addicting games, and if you don't watch it, you get consumed in these things. I've had, I do Friday nights mostly and Saturday nights, and I'm talking four hours, you sometimes do. five hours, and my next day is toast. And I can't do that because I have to wake up with the kids and do all that dad stuff. So. Look, I think he's getting trapped in this stuff, so she definitely has concern here. She has, like, reason to be Reason concerned. to be concerned, for sure. The 12-hour event, if you went to your wife and said, I'd like to play for 12 hours. <laughs> Get out of here. She would have none of that. No, 12-hour event is ridiculous. Yeah, no way. Not happening. Not and even once every three months? Once a year. Oh. And you got to earn each hour or okay, something. Okay, okay. Come on. That's, like, I'd be like, her. what are, what are we escaping from here? Like what what if he just likes the game and it is an event? It, I guess that's true. It, what the if event was, makes it. What if he was like a big paintballer and he was just once every few months was going to leave and play a full day of paintball with his friends in a tournament? Same thing. Or a softball tournament. That would be 12 hours. Okay, but he probably has to train for the video game tournament. Okay, you know? now you're making things up. You're <laughs> you're inviting new stipulations. Mm-hmm. New. Re- it's probably true, though. All I'm saying <laughs> is if it's a softball tournament, it'd be the same thing. Okay, yeah, well, softball, I guess you're right. We we see, we view outdoor activities and doing things outside different than video games. Who's we? I do. Okay, don't put me in that we. <laughs> okay, that's what I say, Carrie. Good luck. He shouldn't play as much as he does for the 12 hours, once every three months. Uh, but he also can't be disappearing for other crap. Like, again, if he, you know, is, is going to go to a big Pogs tournament up in Tampa. <laughs> they exist. He, right, he can't right. do that because he's dedicated it to that. Uh, thank you for your email. Close it up. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. Thank you very <laughs> yeah. much. Morgan, if they want to be in the mailbag, where do they send those emails? Mailbag at bobbybones.com. There you go. It's the Good News Countdown. Counting down the biggest good news stories across the land. Let's go. I got five good news stories starting now. Number five. TikTok is adding a new kindness feature to stop bullying, including one that asks you to reconsider before posting a comment that might be inappropriate or unkind. That's awesome. So they are working towards stopping some of the bad stuff happening on social media. There's also on TikTok, you can put in the words you don't want to pop up in your comments. Mm-hmm. Click those three little white dots. Go on Instagram too and say, I don't want these words popping up if people are hitting you about something you don't like. So good for TikTok. 
Number four. A man named Corey wanted to complete the world's strongest marathon by going 26.2 miles while pulling a one and a half ton Ford Ranger behind him. Not only did <laughs> not only did he do it, he did it in a record time of 16 hours 12 minutes. With why would you even want to do that? How is there a record before? With the publicity he got from doing the event, he was able to bring awareness to an organization dedicated to the eradicate dedicated to the eradication of childhood sexual abuse. You know what? We talked wow. about it. Okay, yeah. Wow. That is a crazy <sighs> that is a crazy thing to go and try. To run 26.2 miles while pulling a big old truck behind you. I can't even imagine. When I ran a marathon, 26.2, there was an old man running with an American flag. He carried it the entire way. And when old, I mean like 80s, 90s, he was old. He he still beat me. (laughs) Carrying this big old heavy American flag the whole time. That's funny. Number three. This little girl is getting her hair braided by her father. She calls him Super Dad. She says she loves him. Here you go. My dad is giving me a great hair trial, and he's my super dad, and I love him. I'm going to show my mommy. I'm giving her a braid. Super dad. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Number two. Mr. Pugh, a third grade teacher in Pine Grove Elementary, has started every single one of his classes by singing the theme song to Mr. Rogers since they went virtual every single time. Here's a clip of him singing to his students. It's a beautiful day to be in our class, a beautiful day for our students. Could you be mine? Would you be mine? It's a neighborly day at our school, a neighborly day for staying cool. Could you be mine? Would you be mine? Not that bad of a voice either. That's pretty good. He's playing guitar there. Number one. A retired school teacher in Mississippi named Vernetta Price has helped dozens of people in her small town get vaccinated by booking appointments and offering rides. She says she's not stopping until everyone who wants a vaccine can get one. Either she takes them, they take themselves, but she will be there to make sure they get to where they need to go. That was the Good News Countdown. Bobby Bones The latest from Nashville and Hollywood. Morgan number two's 30 Second Skinny. Kenny Chesney announced he's releasing a deluxe version of his Here and Now album. It will have four new songs on it and he will drop it on May 7th. Justin Moore is releasing his new album, Straight Out of the Country, on April 23rd, and he talked about recording the new album all over Zoom last year. This technology uh, has allowed us to continue to work on new music and, and not really be just completely stopped as far as new music and getting it recorded is concerned. So, you know, it's a blessing that we have it. I'm, I would rather be in the studio, obviously. Dustin Lynch talked about his involvement in his clothing line, Stay Country. My sketching is very bad, um, but I can articulate and I can collage pretty damn good. So um, I, I've, I've understand, my, you know, that's that's my strength. And, and then I've got a great team behind me that that brings those ideas into uh, reality. I'm Morgan number two. That's your skinny. Come on. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. It's been a long time coming, but Melvin the dog has finally found his forever home. The black pit bull spent nearly two years in a Los Angeles shelter before a family adopted him, giving him the best birthday present ever. He will soon celebrate his fourth birthday, and this time he gets to do it in a new home. He's been there for 667 days. So I don't know what the odds are this family ever listens to me say this, but first of all, great job. You went and adopted a dog that wasn't a puppy. 
Secondly, you adopted a pit bull. Love that. I think pit bulls are only how they were raised. I think they get a complete bad rap. Just happy this dog got adopted. And Melvin, what a name. You ever know a human named Melvin? No. (laughs) No, I knew one. (laughs) I haven't thought about him since right now. I knew him when I was in sixth grade. Melvin Swain. Melvin. Yeah, I haven't thought about him in a long time. That's a good name. (laughs) All right, there you go. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. On last week's show, we talked about writing letters to celebrities. I wrote to Hulk Hogan. Amy wrote to Patrick Swayze. Eddie wrote to Cameron Crowe, the director, as a kid. Lunchbox wrote to Troy Aikman. Uh, Anybody else write to celebrities? We all in? Okay, so... We said, what if we do it as an adult? Well, Lunchbox took it on himself to already do it. Now, (laughs) this is going to be a science experiment. What did you do? Well, I decided that I don't know if people even write anymore. They just email fan clubs or whatever. So I decided to write letters to three superstars as a kid and see if they'll mail me something. What do you mean as a kid? I wrote like I'm a a seven-year-old. Oh, wow. Oh, you wrote the letter. Is that your real handwriting? No, I wrote left-handed. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> I wrote, so I did, I'm right-handed, so I took the opposite hand, and I wrote a letter to Carrie Underwood, The Rock, and to Oprah, and I'm going to mail them and see if they'll mail me anything back. How long is the letter? Uh, it's just like one page, but it's just big writing and sloppy. Would you mind reading it to would us Would you like now? to read, who would you like me to carry? To, oh, you did three different ones? Yeah, I want to yeah. hear Oprah. Carrie, The Rock, and Oprah. Okay, let's do Carrie Underwood oh. first. Okay. Lunchbox has written a letter to Carrie Underwood. And how do you know where to send it, by the way? Uh, I figure I'll just send it to the record label. I don't know. Uh. I was just going to send it to the record label and hope they get it to her. I don't know. Where do you send it to The Rock? Uh, to his <laughs> studio. studio. He has a studio. <laughs> okay. Um, and then Oprah, I, Harpo Productions. So you're... Okay. I'm just... Ta- I don't know. Shot in the dark. Shot in the, shot in the dark. Okay, this is to Carrie Underwood. Dear Carrie, I a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> and like to hear you sing. I hope to be cool, K-O-O-L, like you, when me older. But that, a seven-year-old wouldn't say all that, <laughs> would they? When me older. <laughs> like I misspell and I don't, I don't have proper... Yeah. My seven-year-old wouldn't. He'd do better than that. Okay, but go ahead. I am Miranda and I seven. Can you send me a picture for my wall, please? I live at, and I give my address, and I put, bye, Miranda. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think it sounds like a four-year-old. It's okay. Yeah. No. Okay. All right, okay. good. Now, would you like to hear To The Rock? Yes. Mr. The Rock, I a big fan and like <laughs> you on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to be cool like you when me older. Tooth Fairy is best movie. My name is Greg. Can you send a picture for the wall? And I give him my address. I am seven years old. Bye, Rock. Signed, Greg. Hmm. It almost sounds like Yoda. Yeah. Like a kid Yoda is writing these letters. Or maybe he's, <laughs> maybe he's from Russia or something, you know? Like, <laughs> like English is not his first language. And finally, to Miss Oprah, my name is Amanda. I like you on the TV. I want to be on TV when I older... <laughs> My birthday will be May 12th. Can you come? <laughs> can That's I cute. can I have a picture for the wall? I am 7. I hope to be cool like you when I get older. Bye Miss Oprah. Signed Amanda. And you're going to mail them off today. I'm going to mail them off today and I'm going to give them 1 month. And are you going to write though in 
adult on the front, so it's like your parents address. Yeah, yeah, it. my yeah, my parents will address it. Obviously, a kid is not going to address the envelope yeah, and put yeah. a stamp on it. Oh, I thought it'd be super impressive, and it might make its way to someone opening. Like, oh, this looks interesting. Well, you, okay, you have a great point. I would say make sure you don't misspell or leave words out, though. Right. Like, don't do what you did here, <laughs> where you're like, I kid, food, like. Oh, so, write yeah. their name. Make okay. sure it's all there so you can easily read it. But if it does look like a kid, that's a good point, Amy. Yeah. Okay. Okay, mail them off today. Okay. Man, and then are- we'll, we'll, every week we'll check in and see if you got something back. This is kind of like when he sent the balloon up. We I didn't think anybody that's would true. ever get mm-hmm. the balloon message. And it somebody did, so who knows? We might be meeting Oprah. Oprah shows up, <laughs> and she's like, where is little Timmy? Who is it? Uh, <laughs> Oprah was Amanda. Where's little Amanda? You're looking at her. Yeah, yeah. There he is. <laughs> Oprah, <laughs> she's a hairy 40-year-old man. Lunchbox just raises his hand. I, Amanda. <laughs> All right. We'll check back in a week and see how that's going. It is now time for a trivia game we call Never Gonna Get It. Because I don't think you'll ever get it, right? But we have a caller on. Leah, how are you? You're in Albany, New York. Good morning to you. Hi. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Really good. We're going to play a game called Never Going to Get It. Up for grabs, a $50 marathon gas gift card. Maybe get you a couple tanks of gas. Maybe one tank if you have a big SUV. And also for the show, you guys are playing for 20 bucks cold hard cash. Yeah. Woo! All right, here we go. (laughs) The question is, Abraham Lincoln was the only president licensed to do this. What is it? Abraham Lincoln was the only president licensed to do this. What is it? Now, as they're thinking, Lee, I'm going to give you the option. First of all, you can win if you think any of them will get it or any of them won't. What do you think, Leah? Do you think even just one of them will get the question? Now, can I choose you or am I just choosing Amy and Eddie? Well, Lunchbox is playing. Morgan's playing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to go with Eddie. I never get it. Yeah, like right. never get it. The song should be Eddie's never gonna get it. <laughs> Eddie's never no, gotten not it for <laughs> any time. Huh. But you're gonna go with Eddie. So you have to be licensed. I'm gonna go with Eddie. Yeah. Mm. Abraham Lincoln was the only president licensed to do this. What is it? I'm between two things. I got it. Lunchbox thinks he has it. Yeah. Eddie, how are you doing? I've got something written down. Morgan? I, I don't feel good. Amy? I'm in. I, I know some things about him, yeah. but I don't know that you need a license. Leah, you can change your answer. Lunchbox thinks he knows it. Amy nope. feels pretty good about it. Mm. Eddie, she picked you. How do you feel? I wrote something down. Terrible? That's about all I got. Yeah. I feel like Amy always says she doesn't know and then surprises me. Okay. So maybe I'm going to change it to Amy. Smart. Oh, I don't. Smart. No. Okay. Well, if Eddie doesn't have a clue, I know that I have a better shot than Eddie, but I don't know that I'm correct. I know some of Abraham Lincoln's hobbies. I don't know that you need a license, though. I don't even know how I know these hobbies. Well, probably Team Arrivals. Huh? His book? I didn't read that. Your husband did. We talked about it. Oh, well, so if he read it, it's automatically in my brain? Osmosis. You lay next to him, you get it. Okay. (laughs) We're going to go around the room here. Leah, you pick Amy? Yeah. Okay. Don't go with me first. Abraham Lincoln was the only president licensed to do this. I'll come to you last. Lunchbox, what do you have? Well, my first instinct was notary, notary, like a notary that stamps things. And I was like, that's just dumb because no one even knows what a notary is. And I put make alcohol, beer, like a brewery. A brewery. Yeah, you got to have a license to do that. To 
Manufacture alcohol. To manufacture alcohol. Okay, Eddie? Uh, If anyone knows anything about Abraham Lincoln, he loved to fish, so he was the first person to have a a license to fish. (laughs) Morgan? (laughs) I don't know anything about Lincoln, but I'm just guessing that he was ordained to marry people. All these are good guesses. That's actually good. A licensed, like, uh, you know, priest, pastor or something. What's up with you? What do you have? I'm bartender. Huh, slinging drinks. Huh? The tend bar. So one of you has make alcohol. Yeah. One of you has tend bar. Because I think you have to have a li- a liquor li- or a license to. You can't just go be a bartender. Right. That's true. That's true, Amy. Right. You have to have TABC. Was that around That's then? Texas. Like, why are you laughing? Can I say what my other one was? It won't count. Yeah. He he's a wrestler. He was a wrestler. Yeah. But you don't need a license to wrestle. He was a wrestler. Yeah. That's cool. And wasn't a popular president even after he died. Yeah. But I also know he was a bartender. So, Lunchbox, you say make alcohol. Amy, you say tend alcohol. Yep. Eddie, you say fish. Fishing. And Morgan, you say? Marry people. I got to go. Was day. alcohol legal when he was president? I don't know when alcohol was illegal. Yeah, it, it was legal. Okay, because that prohibition thing, I don't know when that it was. It went away and then it came back. Yeah, prohibition it was, like, was a, like an introduction to no more alcohol, then it came back. Got it. Okay. I think prohibition was after him. Yeah, after him. Got it. Okay. Um... One of you have the answer. Oh, I yeah! knew it. Yeah! It's Amy or I. It's us yeah, too. Yeah, because anybody can make alcohol. Not legally. Uh, I don't know that you have to have a license No, to make people alcohol. make, my husband's friends make beer in their garage all the time. I'm not saying you're wrong, but. Yeah, you're probably, moonshine. Well, that's illegal. That's illegal. That's illegal. That's illegal. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, never mind. Well, whatever. Morgan, your answer of uh, married people is not right. Oh, man, that's fine. <laughs> now, Leah, you picked daddy, but then you let him go. Yeah. Is no, she, re- is she regretting that? There's, I'm, I'm there's gonna, no I'm, way I'm gonna tell you. Th- I'm going to tell you this about fish. I was talking to Arkansas Keith the other day, and he's about to turn 65, and he's like, I was like, how do you feel about turning 65? He goes, man, I feel great. I said, why? He goes, well, I'm 65. I never have to buy another fishing license. It's a lifetime license. Oh. So you do have to be licensed. Oh. But in 18, whatever, did you have to be licensed? I mean, you got to eat. Leah, do you want to go back to Eddie, or are you good staying off oh, Eddie? Do not go back to Eddie. Uh. I'm, I'm going to stick with my girl, Amy. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, my gosh. Eddie, guess what? Fishing license? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the wrong answer. Oh! Oh! It is bartender! It is! It's bartender! He was the only bartender I around? I cannot believe I got this right. So, Lunchbox said make alcohol. Amy says tend alcohol. Yes. Leah, would you like to switch over to Lunchbox and go with make alcohol? I mean, or Lunchbox st- could be right. Or stay with Amy to tend... No, I think you could kind of do anything back then. I don't think you needed a license. Then why would you that. need a license to be a bartender? <laughs> well, that's a job. Huh. To, to make alcohol. I mean, you're just saying words at this point, but I like it. Okay. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln was the only president licensed to tend bar. Woo! Yes! <laughs> wow. That is what I'm, Amy's going to get it. Wow. You know what? Brain. Okay, oh boy, here we go. Here we go. Her brain fascinates herself. Her brain fascinates herself. That's impressive. You're fascinated by your own brain. There's some things that I should know that I don't know. But I knew that. You knew it. You did come out strong. Like, why do I know that? And I don't know really important things that I'm supposed to know. Mm -hmm. Like, some stuff goes in my brain, not my brain. Some stuff goes in my brain and stays there. Like, Abraham Lincoln was a bartender. Amy, you win 20 bucks, and Leah, you win $50. Marathon Yay! Gas Gift Card. Congratulations, Woo-hoo! Leah. 
Yes. Thank you. Leah. Thank you for listening to the show. We appreciate it. Do you listen live or on podcast? Um, so I actually, my friend Lauren introduced me to you guys a couple of years ago, and I've listened with my kids every morning when I bring them to school. I listen to the Bobbycast when I work out. So I've been listening to you guys religiously for years now. Well, so. from the bottom of our, our hearts, thank you very much. I will put you on hold and get you your prize. But there she is, Lee in Albany, Yay! New York. Big winner this morning. Woo! Amy, big winner Yay! this morning. The Show. Here's Amy's pile of stories. So last week, Bobby, you said if we came into work and knew we had coronavirus, but we didn't say anything, that was a fireable offense. If you come into work knowing you have COVID, like don't tell anybody. Exposing others. And, and spread people knowingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fireable offense. Okay, so... Would you stop being friends with someone if they exposed you to COVID? If they knew and then were with me and didn't tell me, yes, of course. That's that's you having complete disregard for someone's health. Yeah. So you're no, you're not you're not friends. Are anymore. you gonna tell me you did this to me? No. <laughs> she's, she's setting me, me up. Well, no. I did but a study was done, and 25 percent of people say they would unfriend someone if they exposed them to COVID 19. I don't think exposing is bad because sometimes people have it and don't know, but knowingly. Exposing someone. I know. I thought the percentage would honestly be higher. But, like, also, too, are you a little bit mad at the friend, even though, I mean, I guess they didn't know. Like, if Eddie came in and gave it to us and he didn't know he had it, then it's not his fault. Right. You'd still be friends with me. Of course. I think there are people that are being extremely careful and still get it. Yes. I think there are people who are being completely reckless and don't get it. I don't think one absolutely has to do with the other. Playing the odds, if you're careful, you're not going to get it. But that doesn't mean it's for sure. But yes, you're all fired. You do that. All right, what else? So you can now buy, now that's what I call music, Outlaw Country. The weird thing now about people putting out these compilation albums is that for the most part, you can just go listen to them all separately anyway. Yeah, make oh, your but own there's playlist. a vinyl version coming out April 16th, so that okay. could be cool. And it features like Miranda Lambert, Kerosene. Forget your high society, I'm soaking in kerosene. Is it weird they call Outlaw Country now just really popular stuff from people that... Well, Johnny Cash is also on there, Folsom Prison Blues Live. I hear the train coming. So this is just actually good country music, and they're using the term (laughs) Outlaw Country to have a little edge. The first song on the record is Chris Stapleton, Traveler. I'm just a traveler. I don't know what's determining these Outlaw things. Just... People going, they have a little attitude about them. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. It's not what it used to be, but it's people going, well, they're. Because Outlaw Country, if you were to pick people, now you'd probably take Cody Jinx. You'd probably take Sturgill. You'd probably find. Jamie a, Johnson. A bunch of people like that, but they're not as mainstreamly popular. So they go, Outlaw Country with huge popular country artists. <laughs> <laughs> Right, also, Randall Lambert's on there. And Travis Tritt, he's on there too. Yeah, he blocked all of us on Twitter for a while. That's, That's an outlaw. outlaw. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a study done, and Eddie and Lunchbox need to listen up to this, because apparently dads get more free time than moms, especially on the weekends. So I guess dads need to kind of step it up. When they looked at like the free time they got, moms got about 30 minutes, whereas dads had about three hours of their own free time. Not arguing that. Yeah, nothing 100%. wrong with that. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. a good thing. That's how it is. But I mean, you, you see that as no, being true? It's true. Very true. Why is that, Eddie? It's just, I mean, the moms, my wife is the hardest working woman ever. She gets no break ever. So that's why when it's like 930, she's out. Well, why don't you give her the break? Oh, I'm working. And then, you know, I get home and she's got everything under control. So I'm like, all right, I'm here if you need me. Oh. He's got video games. <laughs> Is there anything more reassuring, though, that I'm here if you need me? 
No, I didn't sound like it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, guys, step up your game. I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. So Raymond Schaefer, he didn't get to do his high school graduation because he went off to serve during World War II. Here now, 77 years later, class of 1943, he finally got his graduation party. That's cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So I think that's just super special to go back and recognize such an important day. They go hard? I don't know that they went hard, but there was a... Like Malto a, Mill? They had a local high school marching band participate. I mean, it was a thing, yeah, for sure. Yeah, sp- spike the prune juice. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's a good story. That is what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. This is for sure something that would happen to me. A woman climbed onto a dinosaur statue at a park in Washington. Then got so scared, the fire department had to come and rescue her. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's me. <laughs> it looks good on paper. Yeah, yeah. Like, I like to climb up that thing. And it's not, but like 15 feet up in the air. <laughs> it's still. It's also not 300 feet. Like, she's up there, and then she just won't come down. It's a T-Rex. Pretty cool statue. But they created this dinosaur park to, like, create interest. And she climbs up there, maybe to get a picture or something, and she won't come down. So they had to call the fire department. That's- My kids do that all the time. Do like what? They climb a tree and they're just like, will you help me get down? I'm stuck. I'm like, no, you got up there. You're getting down yourself. Will you at least stand there with your arms like you're going to catch them if they yes, fall? Yes, but then they'll just eventually get down slowly. I mean, it's just, you have to just cheer them on. I did that on my Nat Geo show. I'd get up somewhere and be like, oh, no, can somebody help me get down? <laughs> uh, let's go over to Amy with the morning corny. The morning corny. What did the DJ say to the vegetable farmer? What did the DJ say to the vegetable farmer? Let us turn up the beat. Oh, that's good. Let us, Let us turn up the, the beat. beat. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That was the morning corny. This is Sally in Vegas, who's on the phone right now. Hey, Sally, what's going on? Hello, Bobby. Hi, studio. Good morning. Uh, I was just wondering, hypothetically, if Lunchbox realizes if he hypothetically hit the lottery, does he know he'd have to split it with his wife? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's fine. If I'm a multimillionaire and she was with me when I bought the ticket, I guess we can split it. I didn't no, no, real- no. She doesn't have to be with me when you bought the ticket. Like, not physically with you, like married to you. Yeah, no, no, I get it. Like, we're married. So, okay, that's fine. But we're multimillionaires, so I won't really worry about that. One million dollars. Uh, I, I don't know, but I'd fight that one. What do you mean you, you you can't fight that one? What do you mean you can't fight it? There has to be ways, like, maybe she doesn't, uh, like, maybe it's against her beliefs to play the lottery, so I could take that to court and be like, look, she doesn't even believe in the lottery, so she doesn't really... I don't think that's how it works. And really, it's only going to become an issue if they were to split up. Well, they, the money, they, they split their money up anyway. Right, I think that he would deposit into into his account, but if for whatever reason they were to get a divorce, she would actually have rights to it. Let me walk you through if you win a million dollars. If you win one million dollars, you will probably get $650,000 after taxes. That's pretty good. <laughs> right. That's great. Yeah. Let's just say you get 600000 because the math will be easier. Okay. You each get 300000 into your accounts. So a million has now turned into $300,000 each. Are you okay with that? No, I think I got a case here now that I think about it because we do have separate accounts so I can prove that I used my money to buy it. But and I don't we, think that's how it works. If you're together while it happens, it'd be like if 
You work and she stays home and raises the kids. Sure, you had separate everythings, but you weren't able to work without her staying home to raise the kids. So that's a very valuable thing. Man. Maybe you could write up a document for her saying, I promise. You could do that. Oh, I can, a written contract. If you win the lottery, she will not claim it. Okay. Run that by her. I will. I'll write that up and see what she says. (laughs) Stacy, or excuse me, Sally, what'd you think about that? I think it's fair. It happened in Vegas. So I was just, and he had to split it with his wife, even though they were going through a divorce, but they weren't actually divorced yet. And he had to split it with his wife. So I was just thinking hypothetically what, how he would react to that. See, this is so wrong. They're going through a divorce. Like, it's over. Like, and then this money-hungry woman is going to say, oh, I get half, even though she was already out the door. Come on now. Or it could be man. But imagine that you're getting divorced and you're so bitter at the other person. And you're not divorced yet. So what's his is hers and hers is his. Of course you're going to, you're so bitter. Of course you're going to jab in there and go after it. Yeah, Lunchbox, let's say you're getting a divorce and your wife wins the lottery. Are you going to want half? Absolutely. Okay, (laughs) you money-hungry, bitter man. (laughs) Does she play the lottery ever without you? No, she doesn't even know how. She gets, like, if we ever stop and I say, hey, run in, she goes, what do I say? What do I say? I get so nervous. I, I don't know how to do this. Does she think she's robbing the place? No, no, no. <laughs> what do you have? She just, she, like when it's it a big- It is intimidating. Yes, because there's a line usually, because usually it's a big jackpot when I make her go in and try to get the tickets, but she doesn't know how to buy tickets very well. So yeah. no, she does not play the lottery unless I instruct her how to do it. Sally, we appreciate that call. That's some good stuff for us to, to talk about here. Okay. And thank y'all. We love your show. Thank you very much. I know you think that you're going to win at least a million by the age of? Uh, 55. What do you think the odds are you win a million in the next five years? Probably 13%. Why 13? <laughs> I would think it would be about 33%. Oh. Based on, based when on you're your turn logic. Because you're, you're basically 40. Yeah. So 15 <laughs> yeah, years. Because it's a third of what you're saying. So why did you pick 13? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 because Random. 13 right now, I, I'm not spending as much as hopefully I'll have more money when I'm 50, so I'm able to buy more mm. tickets. And so my odds are going to be a little bit lower now. Okay. Hey, thank you for that, Lunchbox. You're welcome. In-depth look at Lunchbox's life. Do you have anybody that like looks at your money? Uh, what do you mean? Like a bank? <laughs> okay. Oh, All boy. right. That answers that question. <laughs> We're going to play the Instagram game. I'll give you two artists. You tell me who has more followers. Oh, okay. Okay, Amy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Monica in Virginia is on the phone. Hey, Monica, how are you? (laughs) Hey, doing well. I'm going to give Amy seven of these. If she gets at least five of them right, you win, okay? Okay. She can even come to you and ask if she's a little torn about it. So I'll give you two people. For example, this is number one here. Who has more Instagram followers, Blake Shelton or Luke Bryan? Oh, Blake. Shelton. You're jumping out like that. Just go and Blake immediately. Yeah. Blake Shelton has 4.2 million. Luke Bryan has 5.7 million. Oh, wow. I'm not going to count that one. That was an example. I I thought that. I think you guys need to talk about it together. Oh, sorry. Okay. Okay, That's an example. You're going to get that one for free. Okay. Now, you're going to have your chance to either win a $50 gas gift card, Monica, or some crap from the back. Okay. And so if you win, you get your choice. from the back. All right, first up, number one, who has more Instagram followers, Garth Brooks or George Strait? Oh, what do you think? I think probably Garth. I would agree. I know you love George, but let's go Garth. I know. I think Garth is just a little bit more, has more of an online presence than George. Like, he does those Facebook Lives. He has, like, Garth TV or something. So, Garth. The answer is Garth Brooks. 
Garth Brooks, 1.7 million. George Strait, 1.1 million. Wow, that's oh, close. I'm impressed. One for Amy. Okay. Luke Combs or Thomas Rhett, who has more Instagram followers? Oh, my. Well, I have no idea. Okay. Thomas Rhett definitely has a lot, but I'm sure Luke Combs does too. And like Thomas Rhett's wife has over a million, I think. I would definitely go Thomas Rhett. Okay, well, that's what we're going to do. Wow, you're going Thomas Rhett. She says definitely. Over Mr. Right Now of Country Music, Luke Combs? Yeah. Okay. With the most Instagram followers, it is... Everybody yes! Nice. Everybody got a story to tell. Thomas How much Rhett. does Luke have? Uh, Thomas Rhett has 4.7 million. Luke Combs has 3.6 million. Oh, wow. Next up, Dolly Parton versus Carrie Underwood. Oh. Mm. I don't know. I mean, what? Dolly, like, posts, you know? It, uh. Gosh, I don't know. that's a tough one. I feel like Dolly's been around longer, but who would have more of a social media following? I, maybe Carrie? Maybe, but so <laughs> many people love Dolly, and she does. She actually puts stuff up. I don't know if it's her. But she'll put up little, like, nine-to-five memes. Shoot. Yeah, that's true. I know. Let's go with your pick. Dolly Parton versus Carrie Underwood. What are you picking? I don't know. Fine. Carrie Underwood. Oh, wow. You fought for Dolly and then you (laughs) settled on Carrie? I don't know. Sometimes, you know, like I I have to do the opposite of what I'm thinking. Okay, Dolly Parton has 4.1 million. Oh, shoot. But the winner is... To get a little... See? I know not to trust my gut. That's that's trusting your gut. Is not, learning not trusting learning when your gut. Like if I'm doing directions now, if I'm driving somewhere, thanks, and, Socrates. She's getting me. Stop. <laughs> I'm spinning. No, this is the thing I've learned about myself. If I my first instinct is to turn right, if I'm going somewhere and I don't know where I'm going, I turn left and it ends up being the right decision. I'm like be, George Costanza. Yes. <laughs> so confusing. Mm-hmm. Lady Annabellum. Oh, sorry, Lady A. That's Lady A. Name. Yeah. That's right, Lady, Lady A. A. Or Little Big Town. Oh man. I think a little big town, but that's just I would me. Agree. <laughs> but that's you guys it. say little big town. Yeah. The answer is. And I don't know why. Oh, see, I trusted my gut right away. You should have said Amy. Is little big town what came to your head right away? Because we should say Lady A. Yeah, the answer is Lady A. Ugh. Jason Aldean or Tim McGraw? Oh, I. I don't know, Aldean. What do you think? Right away, I go to Aldine. Okay, yeah. let's do it. Is that your answer? Yeah. The answer is? When lights come on, All right, if you get this next one right, you win. Okay. Well, she wins the gas card. She gets to pick. She gets the $50 marathon gas card or crap from the back. She hasn't picked yet? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelsey Ballerini or Shania Twain, who has more Instagram followers? Shania. Really? I was going to say Kelsey, so... But you know what we do with my gut. We go the opposite. So Shania. You're going Shania. Yeah. All right. The person with the most Instagram followers is? There's a hole. Oh. Well, they both sing this song. Kelsey Ballerini. Okay. <laughs> Try to get us with that. Okay. We're on the final one. If you get this right, you win. If you get this wrong, you lose. Hmm. Who has more, Brett Young or Brett Eldridge? I feel... Which, they have the same birthday. Did you know that? No, they do. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It just happened. <laughs> I about feel that. like Brett Young... 
Brett Eldridge definitely took a hiatus from social media for a while, and maybe that <laughs> hurt his following, but he is super popular. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, let me think. I think I'm going to go. I, I follow Brett Eldridge. I don't know if I follow Brett Young, so let's go with Brett. You can't just say Brett. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Why not? <laughs> okay. Brett Eldridge? Brett Eldridge. How do you feel about that, Monica? Let's go Brett Eldridge. <laughs> um, I'm scared to go with Amy's gut. No, no. I, I feel good about this one, though, because my gut instinct, if you really think about it, was that it was Brett Young. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Like, if you break it down, I really was leaning Brett Young, so I'm going Brett Eldridge. The person okay. with the most Instagram followers is... I want to be that Red Eldridge. And that's a winner for Virginia, or Monica and Virginia. All right, Monica, now it's coming down to you. You're going to have either $50 gas card from Marathon, or we have crap from the back, which there's a pillow with my face on it that they pulled out here. And I, I mean, heck, I'll sign it if you want. There's a game of Telestrations, a game we love. Which is fun. And then a hat that says T-C-H-D-W-N, meaning touchdown, I guess. Would you like the marathon gift card or the crap from the back? I would like crap from the back. She likes crap from the back! Would you like me to sign this pillow? Yes, please. Okay. Where are you going to sign it? Well, it's... I'm nervous. It's on my neck. (sighs) It's to Monica. To Monica, right? Yes. To... Monica, you are delightful. <laughs> All right. Here it is, Monica. We're going to mail it to you today. There you go. Good? You run yeah. on your chin, too? That's his neck, oh, Eddie. That is neck. <laughs> it looks like you have a goatee now because of your signature. That's rude. Funny. That's rude. <laughs> Give it up for Monica, our big winner, and Amy, our big winner. Nice job. It's time for the good news. With producer Eddie. Tell me something good. 31-year-old Matthew Wandra has a rare genetic disease that causes him to have muscle tones that are weak and eye problems, so he rides a special bike. He loves to ride. His dad gifted it to him like 20 years ago. And it got stolen out of just nowhere. And he was really bummed about it. And his sister saw that he was bummed, so posted on Facebook. Guys, have you seen this special bike around? It's got three wheels. It's like no bike you've ever seen. It's got stolen. Can you please someone help? Finally, some girl by the name of Vanessa Duckett says, you know what? Why are we even wasting time looking for this bike? I will buy him a new one. Stranger doesn't even know him. Spend a lot of money to get him his bike. Who would have stolen that bike? It's a Obviously, it's for a bike with someone that has special needs. Yeah. When were you going to sell that? Don't know. It reminds me of like Pee Wee Herman when he got his bike stolen. Like, why would you steal a bike? Well, that was a tricycle. That was a cool bike. (laughs) It could be some punk kids. That's who stole my kids' bikes one time. And then Amy confronted them on the street. (laughs) Weeks later, yes, I saw them riding it through the park. And I straight up ran after them. And probably shouldn't have done it. Ran into a police officer later in the neighborhood. Told me that the... That was not smart. Mm. But you actually ran after them and got them. Oh, yeah. I ran after them, confronted them. There was people around because it was the St. Jude Marathon. So I felt safe, but still probably wasn't smart. And I just said, those are my kids' bikes. Where did you get those? And they said, our friend gave them to us. Our friend gave them. And I was like, no. And then I said, you see those two kids over there? And I pointed to my daughter and my son. I'm like, you see them on their feet? They're on their feet right now because they don't have bikes. (laughs) And so then they came over and they left them there, gave them back. 
and they they walked away. And one of the boys, I ended up, I would see him around every once in a while, and I started to make sure just to talk to him because I felt like maybe he just needed a positive someone to like not, you know, hold anything against him. So I would always check on him, how you doing? One time he asked me for money, so I gave him a few bucks. Like, I just tried to stay on his good side also, too, because I didn't want them to come. <laughs> That's where I thought it would yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want them to come retaliate. You knew where you lived. But still, yeah. I mean, yeah, justice was served. That's a good story. Do you have her name again, Eddie? Yes, her name is Vanessa Duckett. Vanessa Duckett, that's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. According to a survey, more people are sleepwalking through their careers. Most people have no sense of professional direction. They show up, they go to work, they don't really sit down and figure out where it's all leading. And when they reach 30, they go, oh, I should really start to figure something out. Like that's the age where it starts to click with people like, oh, 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 I'm getting older. Like I gotta figure out a career. I'm gonna walk with you down your life, Amy. Okay. Because I always knew what I wanted to do, always. I couldn't understand people who didn't. And now I realize I was the minority, but I wanted to be on the radio and I wanted to be on TV and I wanted to tell jokes. That's it. And I've pursued it, and I'm doing it. I feel grateful that I've always known. But I don't feel like that was the case with you. No. not No, I never had aspirations for radio at all whatsoever. When you were 10 years old, you wanted to be what? A veterinarian. My uncle was a vet. I loved animals. Made sense to me. So when you were in kindergarten, they were like, what do you want to be when you grow up? You'd write down a veterinarian? Yep. Yeah. When you were 20, what did you want to be? A housewife. Talk to me more about that. I know. Goals. Actually, I'm quoted in my high school yearbook saying that's what I wanted to be. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with I that. I know, but looking back on it, I'm like, God, why didn't I have... I just didn't know what I wanted to do, and I knew I wanted to get married, and I knew I wanted to have kids, which leads me to what? what's the next decade. Uh, 30. When you were 30, what did you want to yeah, do? Yeah, I wanted to be a mom. <laughs> like, I, I was in radio with you. At 20, I was in radio yet, but my mid-20s I was, starting my radio career, but did I know that I would still be with you to this day? Absolutely not. I just thought, this is crazy. This is fun. I'm going to keep doing this for a little bit. But I thought once I got pregnant, I would quit the show and go be a mom. For those that are new to the show, Amy had never been in radio. I met her at a restaurant and then brought her on. And she always told me, when I have kids, I'm out. Yeah. I knew that. That was just a, a understood thing. Yes. When I'm pregnant, when I give birth, bye. And then I never got pregnant. So, and then when we adopted, we adopted older kids that were in school. So then it was like, well, what am I going to do all day? I didn't, and by that point, radio had turned into a career. So that's the decade I'm in, I guess, now. Well, here you I'm, are at 40. I'm going to ask you this one. What do you want to be when you grow up today? Delilah. With Delilah. Yeah. And how do you see that happening? Well, I think that. I mean, obviously I'm here on the morning show, but I do think I need to do something to put me more in that. I mean, she has her own show that she started in one market mm-hmm. and then syndicated it at night. And she had like something special that she did connecting with listeners. She would take calls and really listen to them and then offer advice and not as an expert, but almost as like, uh, you know, she would uh, just empathize with them and be able to offer them like motherly advice like hey you know not not I'm better than you and this is what you need to do but just she's comforting right and she has a lot of compassion and grace so I'm I'm into that and then now she's in like I don't even know how many markets and so we can sing your song right with Delilah no oh, oh sorry with Amy. no not you don't sing your own that's not Delilah singing oh sorry let the singer sing okay go yeah. ready with Amy So I know that I have my own podcast, but some of that is like learning how to connect with my podcast listeners in a different way. And then maybe start to fill in for some people. I'm here for it. Here locally, like, you know, if 
if someone needs to take a, a two-hour day break, I, I fill in for them and I practice. <laughs> I'm, I've tried to get you to do that forever, so I'm here for it. Yeah, so that's you might hear me doing that every once in a while. And then we'll get Eddie and I'll go, with Amy. We probably shouldn't steal the exact melody. Yeah, I'm changing it around a little bit. Like, we'll be Amy. Like, with Amy. <laughs> go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Dr. Francis Collins. Dr. Collins, it is such a pleasure to have you on. How are you today? I am just fine. It is great to be on your show with you, Bobby. I'm a big fan. So terrific to have a chance to talk about whatever we're going to talk about. You are the director of the National Institutes of Health. What does that mean? That means I'm the guy who oversees our nation's investments in biomedical research. The National Institutes of Health is the way in which discoveries get made and clinical advances occur. And it's my job to oversee all of this in a $42 billion a year medical research investment, which for the past year has been all about COVID-19, as you might guess. And we have made some real progress with vaccines and other things. Well, this is why I'm glad to have you on, because this is the guy to ask about vaccines. I've had one shot. Uh, Eddie's got a shot. Lunchbox has got a shot. Now, we're the inside the two-shot system here because we didn't get Johnson & Johnson. So can you explain to me what the difference is in these three vaccines and if we should look for any of them specifically? Well, let me first say they are all wonderfully effective and safe vaccines. So the bottom line is you should take whatever one gets offered to you as soon as it gets offered, because this is how we're going to get past this terrible COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, those are two shots. They're based on something called messenger RNA. The Johnson & Johnson is one shot, and it's based on an adenovirus approach, but they've all been tested in trials of at least 30,000 people each and been shown to have safety records that are really quite impressive with no hint of any real troubles there and a highly effective way of protecting you against getting sick or dying of COVID-19. And that's what we are all waiting for, and now it is here. So. I know people may be a little resistant about, wait a minute, have, did they rush this? Did they go too fast? I'm the guy who's been overseeing all of this at the NIH. Let me assure you, I've never seen anything done better than this in terms of the way in which the trials were conducted and the strength, therefore, the conclusions about these being safe and effective. So roll up your sleeves, America. It's time to get past this pandemic. Dr. Collins is such a big deal, guys. This is a bigger get than Matthew McConaughey. You know, we had Matthew McConaughey in last week. This is a bigger, better interview in my mind. I know we were all like, we got Matthew McConaughey. This is a better interview. I have so many questions. Okay, here's the next one for you, Dr. Collins. So in the next year, two years or so, we are going to try to have a kid probably, right? And so my fiance, who has one shot, has been like, I'm going to get the shot. But what does this mean if you're trying to have kids? Is this going to affect anything? It is not going to have any effect. So let me do a little myth busting here because there's a lot of myths that are out there being spread around on social media. Uh, this vaccine does not cause infertility, first of all. Uh, by the way, uh, second of all, uh, it also won't give you COVID-19. The vaccine doesn't actually have the virus in it. Just a particular protein that your immune system can recognize is what it's all about. Um, other myths, no, it does not have chips in it that Bill Gates or Tony Fauci designed. They wouldn't fit through the needle. So, <laughs> yeah, everybody, please look at the CDC if you're looking for information about all of this. It's all up there. CDC.gov is the best place to go if you really want the facts about what we know about the vaccines, their safety, their efficacy. That's the place to look. What about people, because I get hit a lot with 
They didn't spend enough time. They rushed this vaccine. I don't want to get it if it's done so quickly. What do you say to that? What do I say to that? Well, I know people are concerned because they heard about this thing called Operation Warp Speed, which maybe wasn't the best choice of a name for the project. But would you rather have Operation Slow Boat? I don't think so. People were dying. We wanted to go as fast as we could to develop these vaccines to save lives. But let me tell you, because I'm right in the middle of this and have been now for the last 15 months. What we did was basically figure out where are the downtimes where nothing happens in between the various phases of vaccine development. And those sometimes take months. And we figured out a way that we could get rid of the downtimes, but not compromise at all on the rest of the rigorous testing to be sure the vaccine was safe and effective. In fact, I think people who look at this would say these are probably vaccines that we know more about than almost any others that have ever been tested. Plus more, the technology that was used, people think maybe it just got invented overnight when COVID-19 burst on the scene back in January 2020. This is all based upon technologies that have been developed over decades that were ready for this moment and got brought forward, and they were. So basically, you took all the time where they were just chilling out, doing nothing, waiting for things, but you did everything they would normally do anyway during a vaccine. I'm just trying to understand this, that it wasn't rushed with you just cram things into a space where it shouldn't have been crammed, you just were extremely efficient at finding the vaccine. That's exactly right. So first of all, one of the new technologies made it possible as soon as the Chinese released the actual letters of the viral genome, the the code that that virus uses to replicate itself, to start making the vaccine right then. 63 days later, which is a world record, we are ready to start the very first phase one trials But then usually there's a big gap between phase one and phase two, not this time. And then there's a big gap between phase two and phase three, not this time. Those were like days instead of months or years. And then the other thing we did, which is really important, Bobby, is we figured that some of these vaccines might actually work. So let's actually start manufacturing doses even before we know if they're going to work. We'll have to throw them out if the vaccine is no good. But if it's good, we'll have them ready to go. And when once the vaccine gets approved by the FDA, People can roll up their sleeves and get started. And that's how we got started in December, as opposed to what otherwise would have been months of waiting for a factory to be built. And maybe we would have had the vaccines by the fall of 2021. We didn't want to have that risk of waiting. So all of this was very carefully planned. And it has made it possible in 11 months to do what usually takes five or 10 years. I like that answer, honestly, because I had no idea. I mean, to me, it was just a block of time where it came together quick and I'm going, hey, I'm still trusting people that know more about something than I do. But to actually hear it laid out like that, I'm like, well, that makes sense. And also technology is getting better too, obviously. So everything should be moving at a bit more rapid rate. Okay, I'm pretty confident with that answer. Like I wouldn't be. We have the, the director of the National Institute of Health, Dr. Collins, on with us right now. What if I start questioning him and I'm like, no, I don't know, Dr. Collins. Um, okay, my fiance and a couple of other friends, they have a little red circle on their shoulder from that shot, like a little rash circle. What Do you know what that is? Or is that just, we're just eating the wrong food? <laughs> well, it's certainly the case that as with any injection, like a flu shot or, or, or a tetanus shot, you can get a local reaction after the needle where it gets a little sore. It may turn a little red. You may even feel for the next 24 hours or so a headache, maybe even a little chilly, a little feverish. When I had my second dose of Moderna, that's the one I got, I felt pretty uh, puny for 24 hours uh, just because of the effect. But you know what? That's not a side effect. That's an effect. (laughs) That tells you this is working. My immune system has recognized that it has a challenge on its hand. This vaccine is saying, come on, get busy. 
And it did. And I could tell it did. And now I feel quite well protected because I know my immune system has in its file cabinet the antibodies that it's going to need if I encounter that virus in the future. And that gives me a great sense of confidence that maybe I can actually see my grandchildren in a few more weeks, which would be really nice to be able to do. Yeah, I had some friends. I didn't get sick at all. I felt nothing after my first shot. Um, I have the Pfizer and I had some friends who after the second one for 24, 36 hours, got really sick. Is there a reason that some people are getting sick and some aren't? And should I root to get a little bit sick? Like, is that a good sign? You know, my wife just got her second dose and she got Pfizer and she didn't have a bit of a problem. She was just fine. And I was like, boy, you're lucky. And she was like, well, did it really work? Am I okay? There's a lot of variability, uh, Bobby. It doesn't correlate with whether you got a good antibody response or not. It's something to do with just the way your immune system is wired and, and whether it's like ready to really pull out all the stops when it encounters a challenge or whether it's going to be a little more casual about taking care of business. It, it really, though, everybody who's heard about these side effects, they last maybe 24 hours. Would you rather be kind of sick and chilly for 24 hours or would you rather get COVID-19 and end up in the hospital or the ICU or lose your life? I mean, that's the balance we're trying to help people to understand. And I know there's still people a little on the fence here. I hope those who are listening right now really give it a serious thought about whether this is the time to roll up your sleeve too and join this effort to get this terrible pandemic behind us. Can I stop wearing a mask once I'm fully vaccinated? You know, we don't think it's time yet to stop wearing the mask because it is still possible, although we don't have enough data to be absolutely sure that you could be vaccinated and you could still carry the virus somewhere in your nose or your respiratory tract, having no symptoms, which means you might then be infecting other people. So until we have more rigorous data about that, which is going to take a few more weeks, uh, still recommending that people wear the mask when they're outside around other people. And certainly if you're inside, uh, wear the mask, even though it's a low risk, it's the kind of thing. It's a love your neighbor thing. It's not about protecting yourself in that situation. It's about whether you might unwittingly be a super spreader and putting people around you at risk. And who would want to do that? So wear the mask, uh, wait a while longer. We're going to get through this. Eventually, we'll be in a situation we can take those off. Now, if you're in a small gathering, uh, maybe a, invite another couple to dinner at your house and they're immunized and you're immunized, then everybody can take their masks off and have a nice time together. But if you're in mixed company where some people are not immunized, you still ought to wear the mask to protect those people who are still at risk. Dr. Francis Collins, the director of the National Institutes of Health, is on with us. I want to ask a question that isn't extremely about COVID, but I know that you're a devout Christian. You write books, uh, which is extremely interesting in what you write on about the intersection of science and faith. And so the language of God, to, what is, tell me what this book is about, because it sounds like something I'd be interested in. Well, thanks for asking. Um, I grew up as a agnostic and ultimately an atheist. And then I went to medical school and had to wrestle with questions about life and death and realized I hadn't really thought this through. And to my surprise, as a scientist and somebody who was interested in genetics, for heaven's sakes, I realized that the atheist perspective was the least rational. That was sort of denying uh, the possibility of God when you don't have complete data. And ultimately, over a couple of years, guided by beginning to understand the Bible and reading a lot of other commentators like C.S. Lewis, to my surprise, I became a Christian. Now, people said, your head's going to explode. You can't be a scientist and a Christian, can you? And you know what? 
over 40 years, I've never had a problem with this at all. I think science is a wonderful way to understand how nature works, kind of a glimpse of God's mind. But science doesn't answer a lot of questions that I'm interested in, like, why am I here anyway? And is there a God? And does he care about me? And to be able to bring those things together in a harmonious way, which has happened down through human history, except for maybe the last hundred years, uh, seems to me that, like something we should try to recapture. And so I wrote this book about how, for me, uh, science is a way of worshiping because you're understanding the creator. And when I study DNA, which is what I did as the leader of the Human Genome Project, I'm studying a language. And for me, God's the creator. That's God's language. So, yeah, that's what the book's about. Um, and a lot of people were surprised that that perspective could be put forward. But there's a whole foundation now called BioLogos, B-I-O-L-O-G-O-S, that has become a meeting place for people who have that same view. And so people interested, go and have a look at that. You'll see a lot of really interesting and respectful conversations going on. Wow, the language of God, that's, that's really interesting. Well, then my final question is, why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's between you and God. So you better get on your knees and see if you can get an answer. I'm still looking for the complete answer myself. But once in a while, I get a glimpse here and there. Well, Dr. Collins, we appreciate your time. And I think that, listen, I'm in, I trust science. I got hit with the vaccine. I'm getting my other one uh, first week of April. There are a lot of people in in, or around my circle that aren't fully in. And I think for them to hear this, this will provide a bit of confidence in the vaccine. Mostly the question of how did this come together so fast? Had no idea. I feel like I'm pretty dialed in. I had no idea that was really what happened. Uh, Thank you for your time. Thank you for all the hard work you have put in. It has been a busy 2020 for you for sure. And thank you for, you know, coming on the show and explaining, you know, they say explain like I'm five. I feel like we're all five years old (laughs) and you're the teacher. So thank you for doing that with us. (laughs) Thank you for the chance. And again, everybody, please uh, look at the evidence and roll up your sleeve when you have uh, the information in front of you. I think that's what you'll want to do. We are going to get through this. Dr. Francis Collins, the director of the National Institutes of Health. Thank you, Dr. Collins. Have a great day. Thank you, too. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. All right. See if you can name the TV show theme song that's being played on guitar. Just pull these off the internet. All these are massive shows. Here is your example. You have that? Yeah, I think so. How I Met Your Mother? Mm. Oh, dang. Wow, that hard, huh? <laughs> well, no, I mean, I can hear it. Start it again. The whole universe was in oh, Big, Big Bang. Bang Theory. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be tough. <laughs> okay, we won't do Eliminator then. Write your answer down. All right. Sue so has the most points at the end. Uh, up first. All right, need an answer. You struggling? Yes. What do you have? Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Lunchbox? I got The Office. Oh. Eddie? That's The Office. Oh, it is the office. that's Come it. Come on. Wow, that's hard. Yeah, play that back on guitar again so I can hear that. I mean, yeah, of course, now I hear it. Clear as day. Okay, number two, name this TV show.
Ready? Yeah, friends. Lunchbox? Friends. Amy? Friends. Nice. Next up. You guys struggling? I'm in. A little bit. Uh, really Please a bit. Really a <laughs> Just bit. Kidding. Amy's trying to get back in this. Huh. All right. Lunchbox coming to you first. Uh, Breaking Bad. Eddie. I mean, I don't know if it sounds just like it, but let's go Seinfeld. Amy? Seinfeld. It's Seinfeld. Oh, okay, good. Woo. Wow. Dang. How did I miss the office? Here's the guitar version again of that Seinfeld one. I hear it now. All right, next up, name this one. Lunchbox? Law and order. Eddie? Law and order. Amy? Law and order. Sounds just like it. Yeah. Eddie, four. Amy, three. Lunchbox, three. <sighs> Next up. What do you have? Everybody in? Yeah. yeah. I got Frasier. Full House. Family Matters. Well, one of you's right. Oh, shoot, is it Full House? It's Full House. Oh. <laughs> ah! TGIF. Here it is again so you can hear it with your own ears. Ah! Ah! The Milkman, ah! the Paperboy, the Evening TV. All right. Uh, all right. We'll do two more. All right. Here you go. Andy Griffith Show. Amy? Andy Griffith. Everybody now. I can't whistle. Andy Griffith Show. Eddie, you've clinched. Unless the next one's oh, worth 10. 10 points. <laughs> I love when you guys do that. I would never do that. The next one's not worth 10. It's worth 5 oh, okay. Let's go. So all that for nothing. Let's go. <laughs> Do you know it? Yeah, it's from Eddie's generation, I think. Right? Is it? Is it like, um... Need an answer, guys. Lunchbox. Magnum P.I. Amy. I don't know. 
Inspector Gadget. Eddie. Knight Rider. That's it. Knight Rider it is. Okay. <laughs> Eddie with a runaway yeah! victory. There he is. Come on. Y'all try to get me. You go into Mexican restaurant mode. You're like, hey! <laughs> Everybody now! <laughs> That's your, he, he doesn't do okay. it. Alright, Eddie, congratulations. Thanks, Bones. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. This story comes to us from Australia. Police were sitting inside the police station around 2.30 a.m. when they hear a car peeling out. And they're like, what is going on? And they walk outside. They smell burnt rubber. Someone was on top of their parking garage practicing doing donuts. They not know it was the police parking garage? Uh, there was alcohol involved, and they said they were practicing because they wanted to be a stunt person. Mm. Mm. But did they know it was the police parking garage? No, they yeah. didn't realize that. They just yeah. found an open parking lot. <laughs> they were drunk. 2.30 a.m. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm Lunchbox. That's your Bonehead Story of the Day. Did you watch The Last Blockbuster? Yes, on Netflix. Is mm-hmm. it good? Yeah, I mean, it's just interesting, kind of just to see how big Blockbuster was. I mean, it's pretty crazy. It's so much a part of my childhood. And like, you would spend every weekend like getting excited about going to Blockbuster and picking out what movie you're going to watch. And now there's only one of them left. Blockbuster was fancy in Hot Springs, though. We went to the junction outside of Mountain Pine. <laughs> that was an original H- video. Hometown store. video. So when we drive all the way into Blockbuster, I didn't have a Blockbuster account, but we went to Hometown Video and got ours. It's about a third of the size, and we knew the guy working the front, who ended up being our football coach later, assistant football coach. Oh, that's, that's came small on, town. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And so, but is it mostly about Blockbuster back in the day or about the last one that's in Washington State? I mean, both. And there's like comedians, some that I don't really know for sure, but they kind of bring them in for commentary and like make little jokes and stuff. But did you know that Blockbuster had a chance to buy Netflix and they passed? Mm-hmm. Wow. Big miss there. I I sure did. That is such a bummer. And then Netflix was only sending out CDs at the time or or DVDs. DVDs. Yes. And so also, whenever Netflix started mailing those out, Blockbuster eliminated their late fees because you, if you turn it in late, you used to get charged a fee. Well, they were like, okay, well, we won't charge you. Keep it, whatever. You're not going to, there's no late fee. And I think by doing that, they lost $250 million in sales overnight. Dang. That's how much late fees they were collecting. And then then bombed. I know, and then it just was like, no bueno. Uh, Audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is 65%. What would you give it? Mm, 70 something. No, we we do five. You know how our ratings go. Oh, well, I did it because they did. Okay. Okay. I I give it, what is that? Three. Membership stars cards. out of no, not stars. Amy, have you ever done this segment with <laughs> yeah. us before? Have you ever reviewed a movie? You have to find something in the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I give it three blockbuster membership cards. There you go. Out of five. There she is. And great great you, review. Hey, yeah, can yeah, I yeah, say? Yeah. Can I say one more thing that blew my mind? It's when Blockbuster was really doing awesome. They were opening a new store every seventeen hours. Wow. If you were to break it down like that, pretty cool. Pretty popular. Let me shout out because in our green room. To comply with CDC and keeping our guests safe, uh, Home Medic sent us a bunch of masks and PPE and, you know, people coming in and out all the time. Everybody's COVID tested, but also a big shout out to Home Medics for hooking us up with all the stuff 
uh, in that room to make sure everybody's super safe. That's how we do it here. Shout out to them. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. We will see you tomorrow. Goodbye, friends. Bobby Bones, yeah.